throughout the history of the teachings of the Buddha being introduced and carried to different cultures. <clears throat> there have been many offerings of techniques and ways of practicing suggestions for working with difficult states <clears throat> and descriptions of the path of practice, the goal of practice, and why to practice. And so we have available to us just a tremendous uh, library of skillful means. And it's our challenge really to know which of these skillful means is useful, when it's useful, and then how to apply it in our own life. What we've offered you here on this retreat is a sample of what the three of us have practiced and understood and, and found to be useful and valuable in both arousing the clear aspiration and for inspiring effort in practice bringing a balance to our effort and to the experiences of practice, as well as really understanding the nature of the path, the development of insight, and the goal. But all of these teachings are so many words, so many thoughts in the mind. And just repeating them to yourself over and over, kind of mantra-like, is not the process of insight. But rather, it is taking in the instructions and applying them to your moment-to-moment -moment experience. In the beginning, it may seem like we have to make a lot of effort applying some technique in order to make awareness happen. But this is just a, an appearance. Actually, awareness happens quite spontaneously. The trick for us then is to recognize when awareness is present, when awareness is knowing the present moment, in a way which is not entangling, but rather allowing and knowing and letting it go. As I mentioned last night, the second noble truth is that craving, holding on, is the cause for all of our unhappiness, all of our unsatisfaction unsatisfaction or dissatisfaction with conditions in life it's because we're holding on to something. And when we learn to let go, both through the power of our intention, through the development of continuity of awareness, through our understanding of the insightful understanding of conditions in life, when we let go, then we get a glimpse, we get a taste of 
the freedom of mind that's possible. But even as we sit in retreat, we don't have to wait for some far off, hoped for experience of freedom. In any moment, we can recognize the easeful, spontaneous awareness that is just present with the way things are, without comment or judgment, without pushing or pulling, but just resting easefully in the present moment without doing anything to make it happen and without doing anything in response to what's happening. See if you can notice this throughout your practice today. Moments when awareness spontaneously knows the present moment or when your attention is called to recognizing that awareness is happening. And one way you might do that to get a glimpse, to turn your mind in that direction is when after establishing a continuity of awareness through using your primary object, the labeling if you use it, and opening to the choiceless display of objects that call our attention. You might take a period of time to just do nothing, to just sit there and wait. Mindfulness will find you. Mindfulness will remind you that it's happening. Awareness is here. Knowing is taking place. Even without your striving or arousing the intention or applying a technique, awareness happens. To recognize the Spontaneity of awareness takes some trust. Some trusting of all of your efforts to carry a momentum of awareness and an ability to recognize that awareness. So when you feel easeful in your practice, just drop any technique. Just wait and notice the emerging present moments.
So, do you have any questions about your practice? So the, the comment is basically, why does something arise when the mind is perfectly calm and seemingly content? <clears throat> and uh, in this case, it was fear. Why does fear arise? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the conditions are that give rise to that fear, but conditions came together and fear arose. Now, one of the conditions might be, well, because it's so quiet and so still, you could actually feel very subtle or very, uh, very subtle fear, which in the stillness and with a concentrated mind feels like pretty strong fear. There is also the, the it's kind of like a, a cyclic process in practice. We practice, we, we work with the defilements and the hindrances and we get some kind of understanding of them and we smooth out and we get to a place of some equanimity and stillness and calm. It's like, oh, phew, okay. And then because we're so balanced, ooh, some other part of the mind opens up and we get a flood of, can be fear or emotions or images or, or anything new, kind of like new terrain of the mind opens up and, and then all the hindrances come back again and, and we get to work with them and the content that might have been revealed and after some period of time it all stabilizes. We get a little more equanimous and okay, smooths out again and oh, good practice and then the mind opens a little more and another whole sequence and, and cycle of uh, n new or subtler uh, phenomena arises, uh, possibly provoking or conditioning all the hindrances in which you have to work with again. And as this cycle, as, as the mind and practice cycles through like this, the process becomes familiar and the content becomes subtler. So you can expect anything at any time. <laughs> or you don't need to expect it, but anything at any time is the operant preparation for this practice.
how this happened. I got obsessed with seeing every little thing in this flip. So I got half a rain box last night. And yeah. I barked at the wrong tree. You're paddling in the wrong puddle. <laughs> no. Uh, there are times when there are times when the mind is quite balanced, open, alert, aware, and got a lot of energy, and you can see the rapidity with which things are happening, both sensations in the body and processes in the mind and stimulation of the sense doors, and there are times when it just happens spontaneously. You can just, you just get out of the way because it's, it's coming through. And it can be a little overwhelming. Sometimes it can feel like it's overwhelming. Sometimes you might feel like, I can't keep up. And you either wear yourself out trying to keep up, or you just give up and relax and just let it go by, noticing what, what you can, or what you do. Um, but it's not always that that's happening. But gradually over the course of practice, you know, the, the frequency of mindfulness does pick up you know, from once a minute to once a second to many times a second where you're noticing things clearly. So, yes, you're barking up the right tree, but you don't need to make it happen. You don't need to force it, and you don't need to keep up with it. Meaning, when it starts coming in a flood like that, just settle back, let it all go by. What you can't let go by is where you're holding on. You'll see. All the hindrances come up and things get dense again and condense and it feels like struggling rather than just settling back and letting it go by. So the comment is about uh, storytelling and experiential sense, sense contact and how to kind of get more in touch with the way things are rather than the story about it. Um, it's okay to, to, to know the story. It's okay to be aware of the commenting that's going on and the story you're telling yourself about, you know, this emotional drama or whatever it is. It's okay to know the story and to know that, oh, this is remembering. And you might, you might take some time to pixelate all those processes into remembering, commenting, liking, disliking, rehearsing, reviewing, figuring out, and all those things so that you, that you become familiar with the kind of mental, the kinds of mental chatter, okay? I, th I don't really want to give you a technique for getting in touch with the sensations and away from the thinking process. I want to adjust your understanding that being aware of all this thinking is okay. As long as you're aware of it and not just thinking, indulging in it. Okay. 
on the other hand, to feel sensations more clearly or more distinctly or more continuously when you sit down and you attend to the breath. You might take a, a period of time in each sitting, at the beginning of each sitting, to, to just stay with the breath, not to open up so quickly even, or if you have a choice just to stay with the breath, come back to the breath, and, and to be sure that you're feeling the sensations, not just kind of aware that you're breathing in and breathing out, but feeling the sensations of breathing in and breathing out. I, I, the reason I don't want to emphasize the techniques so much is that while we may start our insight practice with a technique of observing the breath or observing the rising and falling of the abdomen or sweeping your attention through the body to notice sensations, the natural unfolding of the mind is going to call, at times, call your attention to both sensations in the body, which we're familiar with, but also all of the mental phenomena, all of the feelings, all of the cognitive uh, processes, all of the perceptual activity of the mind, all of the affective response and reactions to stuff. And we don't want to say, oh, being aware of that is not mindfulness or not insight. It is. And sometimes to, to struggle, to, sometimes it feels like a struggle to stay with the sensations when there's a lot of obvious mental phenomena going on to be noted, to, to be noticed. And in, the, in this tradition, we say, if you're using a primary object, use the primary object until your attention is called by a more predominant object. So if it's more predominant, meaning it calls your attention, then that's what you note, is the predominant object. So if there's a lot of mental activity, oh, get familiar with being mindful of mental activity, not just trying to hang on to physical sensations. The comment is feeling flooded with uh, the, whole, the whole range of physical, mental, emotional phenomena, including the hindrances, and at times being able to note some of it, and, and, and at other times being uh, feeling overwhelmed uh, with it all, like unable to keep up, you mean? It happens sometimes. But the thing I was most interested in hearing you say that this was happening. You were overwhelmed and noted and hindrances and at times you were overwhelmed and I was puzzled about that. Did you know puzzlement? If you'd noted puzzlement, no problem. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the relationship to what's happening. What's happening and what you're aware of? It, it's going to be everything eventually. 
don't make a big deal of what it is that you're aware of. Make a big deal of how you're relating to it. Meaning, make a big deal of pay attention to how you're relating to it. If it's overwhelming, oh, feeling overwhelmed. If it's puzzlement, oh, feeling puzzled. If you're feeling like, I can't keep up, it's like, uh, out of control. Oh, this is out of controlness. Great. You know, it's like... Because in, in time, everything will come up for review. What it is you're aware of is not so important. How you're relating to it. How what? How brief the train ride was. 95%. <laughs> uh, so the comment is just sitting, noticing the train takes off and heads off into some unknown destination and, and it gets caught quite quickly and you're back at the station. Right? Oh, somebody had a great, uh, I'm going to steal somebody's idea from yesterday in a group. He says, this train station is like Disneyland. You get on the train, you go for a ride, and you end up back at the same station. <laughs> it's like you don't really go anywhere. <laughs> and that was, so, that was like, oh, I, I like that one. <laughs> I'll copyright it if I have to, but uh, <laughs> thanks. Uh, the longer the wander, the greater the restlessness. The shorter the wander, the better the mindfulness. So the mind takes off, and you notice it quite quickly, boom, back at the station. It takes off again, notice it quickly, back at the station. It's kind of counterintuitive because, you know, when we start practice or at the beginning of the retreat, we sit down, we try to do our, our practice, and at the end of the sitting we say, wow, that was a great sitting. My mind only wandered three times. Cool. Three times for, uh, you know, 15 minutes each. And then <laughs> later in the retreat, we sit down and we say, God, it's like I, 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 my mind was wandering all over the place all the time. It's just like uh, my mind was, must have wandered 120 times. Great. It was only, you know, a second apiece or two seconds apiece. Oh, that's good. So it's kind of counterintuitive. The more quickly you notice that you're off, the stronger the mindfulness. So that's good. Although it's very frustrating, <laughs> because you think, I, I'm here, gone. I'm here, gone. <laughs> Breathe, gone. In, gone. You know, and you think, <sighs> that's actually good practice. That's really good mindfulness. You, you get strong that way. So, today is Friday the 13th. Now, wait a minute. I just said it's Friday the 13th. Did you have some uh, assumption or some perception or some memory flood your mind about this phrase, Friday the 13th? 
Did you know that? <laughs> uh, we'll be doing, again, uh, check-ins, some groups, some individuals, I think. So please keep, keep an eye on the time. And I don't know if the practice leaders that ring the bell at the two remaining sittings this morning got the message, but some people can't hear you ringing the bell, and they just sit for hours and hours and hours, <laughs> and they don't like it. So if you could ring the bell a little louder, I don't remember who the practice leader is, just ring it loud enough that they can hear it if they want to. <laughs> and if they want to keep sitting, you can pretend they didn't hear it. Um, any other comments, announcements? Just keep the slow rhythm. Yeah. When it gets to about this time of the retreat, it's inevitable that thoughts about the end of the retreat and Sunday and what you're going to do Sunday afternoon and, and people you want to connect with and next week work and play and whatever, those thoughts, those kinds of thoughts, the content of thoughts like that begins to enter the mind. You should know the true yogi has no future. <laughs> the thought about the future is not the future. It's just a thought in the present moment. So notice futuring. Futuring's happening. That's all. If you invest in that future, then uh, you'll have to live it out. If you don't invest in it, then you can be there for a creative response to the arising conditions. So don't, well, just be careful not to get too forward thinking and leaning. And the way to do that is to just keep to the form of the retreat, keep to your practice, really. Um, just watch. Just be care being careful not to get amped up and anticipating a lot of the future. But just to stay present with the stillness and simplicity and the continuity of your awareness. There is so much to be seen in the last few days of a retreat. Think about it. You know, we, we have endings in our life. We end school, we end relationships, we end jobs, or they end for us because conditions change and, and they end. And often they provoke a, a, you know, some loss and some transition anxiety and all, all kinds of things like that. Well, the end of the retreat and how you approach the end of the retreat is a rehearsal for the end of your life. The pattern you get into in anticipating the end of the retreat and whether you get excited or whether you get fearful or whether you get you know, depressed or, is a good pointer to how you may approach the end of your retreat, end of your life. You know, like hurry up and get everything done or like hurry up and get it over so I can get on with the next event or can we be there for the actual end of the retreat? Can we be there for the actual end of life? So it's a rehearsal, and so there's a lot to be seen. As much as possible, stay in the container of the retreat, the stillness, the schedule, not wandering out to your cell phones, your computers, your... your uh, texters, text, text machines, and things like that. 
You can tell I don't do that. And, <laughs> but I know people do. And just to uh, the container of the retreat will, will protect you from, from getting too um, overwhelmed. Okay. Anything else? And, and above all, enjoy your practice.